0: Welcome to this episode of In the Growth Space. I'm David McGlennon, and I'm really grateful that you're here. Now, if this is your first time, thanks so much for checking out the podcast. I really hope that you'll be a subscriber. And I I like to say often that um, I, I, I like to have these great conversations with amazing leaders from a variety of industries to help us all grow in areas of our life, our leadership, and our profession. And This is such an exciting episode today because I have such a fascination with human health and and well-being and human performance, and it's one of the things that I really love experimenting with. I love living a healthy lifestyle and really diving into how to do that for myself, and it's an area that I'm really disciplined in, and, and I'm really proud of the decision that I made back in my early 30s to begin a journey of health. Now, now with that being said, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not perfect and (laughs) I love ice cream and guilty pleasures just like you do, but I do the things that um, help me to stay focused on my health, like, like taking the stairs instead of the elevator or parking far away from the door to give my healthy legs an opportunity to walk. So when I was introduced to our guest today, I was excited to have her on And as you'll see in a moment, she's so passionate about what she does. And we just have this really great conversation about how we can really be focused on growth in the area of our health. And as this episode is coming out, we're about a month away from 2022. And so many people will be thinking about their New Year's resolutions. And and, and I know that this is going to be such a great episode to take into consideration where you want to grow in the area of your health next year. Real quick though, I wanna encourage you to register for our One Day Inner Circle Summit on Friday, December the 10th, 2021. We have the co-founder of the John Maxwell team, Paul Martinelli, as our keynote speaker. We have Jeff Hancher, who introduced me to today's guest. We have Andy Hall, who is a coach with an amazing story of growth, and he's coming all the way from the UK to be with us. We also have Dr. Brian Glibkowski, who has a great framework for creating answers to questions. And of course, I'm going to be speaking and sharing along with my collaboration partner, Dr. Kimberly Hambrick. Now, we only have a few more spots open for our VIP evening with Paul Martinelli. So if you want to ask a multimillionaire who has built seven multimillion dollar businesses a question, this is the evening for you. Now, as I'm recording this, we still have a few seats open. I've got to cut it off at a certain number because the the, the venue where we are holding um, this this event uh, only uh, holds so many people. And if it's still available when you're listening to this, just go to the registration page and then you can grab your spot. You'll see it in the in the middle of the page. So you just go to ww.davidmcGlennon.com forward slash inner circle summit. And that's all lowercase, inner circle summit. And, and you can get registered there. Now, if you want to bring a team, uh, we do have uh, team discounts. Um, and so if you want to get that code, just reach out to uh, admin at davidmcglennan.com and someone on my team will get that to you. All right. Now, today's guest is Jennifer Little Fleck. And after getting her degree in molecular biology at the University of Pittsburgh, Jennifer went through a a crazy progression of career development from transplant research to pharmaceutical sales training to creating a resume writing advice blog, finally embracing her destiny as a freelance medical writer and biology entertainment podcaster. As a full-time freelance medical writer, Jennifer has the best job in the world, she says, because she gets to be paid to learn. Sometimes I feel like that's my, uh, my job as well, especially here on the podcast. Now, as a consequence, Jennifer gets so many questions from friends and family, so she decided to start a fun and entertaining yet informative podcast on all the biology things you really want to know. You'll be able to tell that this is a great conversation because my curiosity was leading us down so many different paths Um, And and this these paths that were absolutely amazing to me and and absolutely fascinating to me. So let's go ahead and get into this conversation right now with Jennifer Little Fleck. Well, hey, Jennifer, welcome to in the growth space. Uh, So great to have you on today.
1: Thank you, David. I'm really excited to be here with you. I know it's been a long time coming, so here we are. Yay! It has.
0: Yes, I know. Uh, And and our good friend, uh, Jeff Hancher, introduced us. And so a quick shout out to the Champion Forum podcast. Uh, That's an awesome podcast. If you haven't checked it out, you need to go check it out. But yeah, I'm so grateful to have you on today. And I think intrigued me most when Jeff introduced us is really the area of growth around our health and our bodies. And I would just love to start with like, what got you interested in the first place? I know you kind of have an interesting growth journey. So let's just kind of start there.
1: Yeah, absolutely, David. So it really is kind of crazy. It actually started all the way back in high school. I know, you know, here I am. Actually, my birthday is this week. It's on Friday. Oh, nice. um,
2: Happy birthday! Yeah. So,
1: you know, here I am age, you know, almost 47. And the story starts back when I was 17 years old. You know, I was in high school and, you know, my science teacher, my biology teacher told me about the human genome project. And I was mm-hmm. like, what is that? And they were like, well, they're trying to map out all the genes of the body. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds so cool. I want in, that's what I'm going to do. So I, you know, I went to the university of Pittsburgh and I enrolled in their molecular biology program. And, you know, while I was getting my degree, they promptly finished mapping out the genome. And I was like, oh, man, you know, so what else should I do? So I went into research, right? So I'm I'm researching. I'm in um, the Thomas E. Starzl Transplant Institute. And I'm researching, you know, how can we uh, do better transplants without, you know, all these immunosuppressive drugs. So that's kind of what we were looking at. And um, while that was super interesting, I learned a lot. Just to say you want to take me camping because I can debone a mouse pretty good if it's necessary. I might actually do well on the show alone. You know, I could probably live off mice. I'm just saying. But, But anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, you know, that was hard for me because it, I was in a windowless room all day long and I was like, I got to do something different, you know? And so I went uh, over to the pharma side of things and, you know, I was there for a lot of years. And what I realized that, you know, I started, oh my gosh, I think I had every job imaginable, you know, uh, and I, I sold products in the field, I learned the whole sales and marketing aspect, aspect of things. But what I found myself doing a lot of the times was honestly disagreeing with my directive, siding with physicians and wanting to understand more. So
0: um,
1: I actually transitioned into the role of content management, which for me was like this huge "Aha moment where I realized that my true calling was research and educating others. And so that's where I've been for over 20 years, you know, in the biology space. However, you know, once you get somewhere and you start realizing where your skills and strengths are, it just, for me, it didn't stop there. And I was like, "Mm, I need to I need to become the writer of these materials, right? It's not just, you know, educating on what other people are writing. I need to be the one to be doing the research and then, you know, educating others. And it has to be on topics that I pick, you know, so... After many years working with pharma, I went freelance as a freelance medical writer. And holy cow, David, my world just opened up because now I was able to research all these different disease states, right? And I was starting to realize something very, very important, which was we know so little about how the human body actually works. We really, I mean, you would think in this day and age, you know, we've put people on the moon you know we've done all these amazing things um we're trying to build you know spaceships to mars and we still have no idea for example why puberty starts at a particular age in one person and not in another oh, we yeah. still don't know the answer to that That's amazing. And we still don't know yeah it it really is you know and then um <laughs> yeah you know i just started seeing because now that i was being able to deep dive research into completely unrelated areas Mm -hmm. of research. Mm -hmm. You know, the, here's the thing though, they're not completely unrelated. And that's what I started seeing Mm -hmm. is, you know, the person who suffers from autoimmune disease and the person that suffers from cancer, they have very, They have a lot more in common than you would imagine. But the problem is, is that, you know, physicians, specialists, even researchers are so siloed. You know, they just, they know this one thing. And and so what I was realizing is there's a lot of commonalities. Here's the other thing. Nobody really asks the question, why? Mm
2: -hmm. Okay,
1: we're really good at acute care in the United States. Right. Right. And I, and I started realizing that, yeah, we're awesome at that. And so, you know, we have all these great, you know, I'll just say cancer programs, for example, you know, and, and we've come a great way in getting people into remission, removing cancer, helping people recover from cancer, but we have not done a really great job of trying to figure out why it occurred in the first place.
2: Mm,
1: And, and to me that, you know, that was glaring. So, (laughs) What I did was in outside of my medical writing career, I decided, hey, we need to start educating people on the basic stuff that I'm learning that I'm I'm wowed about. I'm thinking, how do I not know this? Right.
2: Yeah, yeah. How
1: did I get to age you know, 46 and not know this? And that's why I started my podcast for the everyday person to talk about really interesting things in biology that could that could possibly help somebody become healthier, live a better life or just even understand, you know, when they wake up one morning and they're like, why Mm
0: -hmm. is my
1: body doing this? Maybe we can help answer that question.
0: So. Gosh, that is, I I love that, and I love just hearing that how your journey progressed, and I and I love the curiosity. I I often will tell leaders that their curiosity will help them not only as a great leader but as a great human, and and I think that you're demonstrating that because you allowed your curiosity to just lead you in the direction that I think is your why and your purpose. I I, I just think that's fascinating.
1: Thanks. And, and you know what? I think you hit the nail on the head because it's all about asking why, you know, even in leadership, you know, I think leaders sometimes get into this trap of trying to fix people or fix situations and t- instead of just taking a time out and asking, why did this happen? Why does this person react this way? Mm-hmm. And this person reacts this way. And we can actually answer those questions in this day and age with a little bit of effort. And um, I have to be honest with you, I've never been a huge fan of emotional intelligence. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and and you know, and I know that's a huge buzzword in leadership and in, in corporate speak. Never a big fan because I felt like, and to be completely transparent here, to me it felt like how to be fake at work. Mm -hmm. And, and I didn't like that because it meant that at some level, we should all be thinking and feeling the same thing.
2: Mm -hmm. Like, so
1: what is your definition of emotional intelligence versus my definition of emotional intelligence? And mine is, you know, Speaking my truth and doing it in a way that acknowledges that your reaction might be completely different from mine, mm-hmm. but at least letting me have that reaction,
2: yeah, you know, sure, sure,
1: so, sure. you know, and what's so crazy, and I just, I had just told you about how, you know, we can figure that stuff out in this day yeah. and age. Is that um I recently had um and this is gonna this is gonna blow people's minds, but I recently had a full to, a, to the extent that you can have a full genome analysis done. And it was honestly, David, it was life-changing for me because it oh. answered questions that it always had about myself that you know, I didn't know if it was all in my head, if it was something, you know, that I was doing wrong or if it was genetically based or, you know, mm-hmm. what. And it ha- and what I'm finding is there is a lot of things that are due to genetics and there's a lot of things that are due to how our genes are being expressed due to our environment.
2: Mm, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's crazy, but we can now help you truly, truly understand your motivations and why you do what you do. Hmm. So this, um, this genome analysis that I had done, it, it breaks down, like, I want to say six or seven, it looks like six or 700 different genes combinations that are known to have very specific health and behavioral outcomes. And, and specifically what it does is um, it takes a look at them individually, but then it stacks them, right? Mm. Okay. So basically it says, you know, if you, let's say you have four different genes and they're all related in a particular pathway, you know, a uh, biochemical pathway in your body. If this one gene out of four is eh, not that great, but the other f- other three are good, you're probably Mm -hmm. okay. But what happens when four out of four are pretty dysfunctional? Mm. We can now with this technology basically say, if you do not take care of yourself during your lifetime because of your predisposition with these genes, we can pretty accurately predict what you're gonna die from?
0: That's amazing. I mean, that is mind-blowing, absolutely right? Absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that it it really goes to prove that we have to be careful with our bodies, and and we have to be intentional with our bodies. And no, if we know some of these things, if we learn where you know where our weaknesses are in our in our genetic um, makeup then we can be intentional with how we eat and how we exercise and in our environment so that we we can either prolong our lives or not die from those things that, you know, that our genes are predicting, I guess. And, and yeah. you know, and, and it's kind of curious too, because I've I've heard this phrase before that um, you know, that our, our genes load the gun, but our lifestyle pulls the trigger. And it's kind That's of exactly like exactly right. Yeah, so like talk a little bit about that and and like why why should yes. we as leaders really be interested in this and, and why should we grow in our health awareness?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what you're talking about is called epigenetics. Hmm. So remember back when I said, you know, I was I I was a little bummed because in college, you know, they mapped out the genome and and I was like, I guess that's that. Well, what we didn't realize at the time was that there are changes that can happen in real time. So basically we mapped out the genome, but we realized that that was only a blueprint. That doesn't mm. actually mean that those genes are going to be expressed. Mm. What manages that is your environment, your lifestyle. Are you, ex- are you living in areas that you know have high mold or lead concentration or high air? air pollution? Or are you living in some place that's relatively, you know, smog free? Are you living in an area that has a high level of sterility versus, you know, agricultural where you're being exposed to, you know, all kinds of, you know, farm animals and different bacteria, which by the way, is a good thing. Um, Sterility, not actually as good of a thing as you think. So, so what we realized was not only was the genome, just a blueprint, but that, you you know, here's the other thing that blue researchers minds, you could have not just one copy of a gene, hmm. you could have two, three, four, five different copies of the same gene in this blue researchers minds. So what that means is. Okay. So let's say that, you know, you have the bad version, you have the bad combination, right, of this particular gene. And when I say combination, you know, we have two alleles on each gene. And so you could have-
0: What are those? What are
1: those? Yes. So alleles are, you know, basically the, you know, which, you know, we have A G C T M. there's like four, you know, different (laughs) combinations that you can have in DNA. And I'm not going to get super specific here, but, you know, you could have, you know, two G's or a G and a C or, you know, or, or, you know, or G and a T or or whatever, different combinations, right? And so that's what these genetic tests look for. What are those different combinations that you have for that particular gene? And what we've tried to do over time is match up. If you have this particular combination, which is your genotype, how does that translate into a particular phenotype what that we can see what is you know what is the outward appearance of that? And what we found is that you know because you could have not only these various combinations but two, three, four, five different copies of these genes, there's a range of of awesomeness <laughs> at one end, you know or Really crappiness at the other end, and people are on this this spectrum, right? And that's why you can have so much variability in the population. Oh. So, um, so that was your your epigenetics lesson for today. Yeah,
0: yes, I love it. I love it. No, that's okay, fascinating. Yeah.
1: So, what happened with you know? I'm going to use myself as as an example. So. In my test, you know, there's the test that I took, and I'm going to share um, this with your listeners. They will they will be able to access access this test, and I can um, I can offer your your audience a discount code oh, cool. as well on this test. If they're interested, but it's like gives you like 38 different reports, and mm-hmm. it's um so for example, one of them is executive function, right? So your leadership Perfect. folks will be really interested in this, and basically it tells them the, the reason why they behave the way they behave. And it looks at very, yeah, it looks at very specific things. Like, for example, how well do you handle very negative situations? Do you, are you, and they actually, they call this the PTSD gene right? Because some people, you know, can have this experience that is very negative, right? And they imprint that, that negative experience imprints on them in a way that makes them never, ever want to think about this situation ever again. And if they, if they do experience even a a slight similarity to to the situation they are not going to handle it well they're going to stress out and it's just not going to be good and then you have people at the other end of the spectrum which is where i am which is oh this happened what did i learn from it let's move Mm. on next time the situation occurs i'll make that correction based on what i learned and i move on
0: yeah so how do we, so, how do we move on that spectrum then? So how do we move from that far end of the spectrum right. to like where you're at? Cause I mean, it sounds like, I mean, obviously for that particular combination, that would be a healthy way to be able to uh, fo- focus.
1: Right. Right. So think about if you knew this about yourself, right? Yeah. If you knew yeah. this, if you know this, you can plan for it.
0: Mm, you can, okay.
1: you yeah. can know that, you know, if you're on the end, let's say of the, leaning more towards PTSD, Mm -hmm. you can say to yourself, okay, I know that this is going to be my reaction and I need to understand that this doesn't mean that I'm going to experience the same thing again. And you, you can work. And I, and I highly suggest if you're on that end, that you work with a therapist or a coach Mm -hmm. to develop habits that allow you to look at it in a more objective you know, type of scenario. I'm not a good. therapist, yeah. I'm <laughs> not a coach, but that's the learning that you can take away from that.
0: Well, and I think that just having that self-awareness of where you are, and, and I think that everything that we're talking about here is awareness, going through awareness. this analysis and being aware of what our biology is, is and, and how it's set up then can allow us to A, understand it, maybe shape our behaviors differently, and then be able to grow from that and and be able to um, make different choices if we need to make different choices or stay on our current choices if we are, um, you know, being healthy and and really understanding our our body is, is a key to our high performance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Here's another good example for you from the executive function. And, and then I'm gonna transition a little bit into more body health stuff, but yeah, cool. Um, all right, so another thing that you can learn from this analysis is not only your best form of reward, but how how long do you experience the benefits of reward? And this is extremely important from not only a self-coaching aspect, but from a recognition of how different people need to be rewarded on your team. So, for example, um, so um, my ability to bind dopamine is just overall my executive function report was Amazing. Okay. This was the good part of my analysis. My brain is awesome.
2: That's awesome. That's great.
1: Yes. But what we're going to talk about in a minute was how much my cardiovascular profile is not awesome
0: (laughs) well hey awareness we have to we have to know this yes you have to
1: know this so so um so i'm gonna toot my own horn with the executive function stuff because everything else is downhill from there (laughs) (laughs) the best part of me is right here um but yeah so so what i learned is that i have this freaking amazing ability to bind dopamine. And when I bind it, I bind it for a really, really long time, which means that I don't need to check off a list of things every 10 minutes to make me feel good about myself. Because if I just do one of those things mm-hmm. and I find enjoyment and pleasure in it, mm-hmm. dude, I am, I am staying that I can, I can, mm, I can live there for a really long time.
0: So when you say binding dopamine, that means that the chemical in your brain does something to be able to, and and it's a, it's longer acting. So it basically stays there for a long time. Is that what I'm understanding? It does. I,
1: I, I hold on, you know, my receptors really hold on to that for for a long time. Okay, cool. And then, you know, when I need to clear it though, I have another gene, you know, because (laughs) I have another gene that really allows me to quickly, like when I need to switch gears, that allows me to clear that and refocus on a completely di- different task, which I'm told is very unusual.
2: Hmm.
1: So, oh, yeah, that's good. Cool. Yeah. So, it, it's, it's, you know, so if you're coaching me, literally the worst thing you can do is give me a list of 10 things and tell me to get this done within a f- short period of time or actually any finite period of time. Um, because- For me that's not rewarding i'm not a checklist girl i'm i'm the employee where you say hey out of this list of 10 things what appeals to you most Mm. i tell you that and then you say all right go Go just run with it yeah And then, and then let's catch up at the end of the day. And you tell me, because here's what I'm going to do. I am going to literally research it to death. And by the end of the day, I literally will be an expert on whatever that topic is.
0: See, Jennifer, I think that this is so important for leaders to understand and to know. And and I think that what you're talking about, being able to get this analysis and and understanding our own uh, bodies and our own genomes and then our people as well. I think uh, it's it's going to be so helpful for a leader to lead the people that that she or he is in charge of. And and so that's why I think this is really fascinating.
1: It is fascinating. <laughs> and 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 but the the first step, David, is understanding how you work, yes, right? Yeah, because if totally you understand agree. how how you work, then other people make sense to you in a way mm-hmm. that you could have never anticipated. So for example, I have never wanted to be in a management position ever. That is, mm. does not appeal to me. And mm. and I know now I understand why. <laughs> <laughs> because um I do not understand why people are not like me. <laughs> I I, cool. I don't. I don't understand if I tell you, "Hey, I want you to research wh- whatever the topic is, I want you to research you know, age spots for me. Okay. At the end of the day, if you don't like have this like three page list of all about age spots and from four (laughs) different, you know, Mm. four different sources, two of which probably should be, you know, literature publication. I don't understand why you can't do
0: that. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) it's so funny. I'm laughing because I'm like, this is like my worst nightmare, (laughs) especially those of you who know me. Oh my gosh to dive into this kind of research is like totally foreign. So uh, it's just fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah. So And and so I've never wanted to manage people because I have found over the years that I just am better off doing it myself. And so that is why I became my own boss and I'm a freelance writer because that is literally the perfect situation for me. Mm -hmm. And I want to make this point that, Unbeknownst to me, I I literally led myself on a pathway to end up there because I realized for me, I needed to keep following my why. And it led me to create literally my own job. And that has been the best thing for me. But now that I understand from a functional genomics, and this is what this area of research is called, functional genomics, meaning that, you know, you have genetic analysis, which tells you, you know, what is, and then you have functional genomics, which basically tells you what could be Mm -hmm. depending on what you do with yourself.
0: One of the things that I'm kind of curious about is when we know this, especially I'm going to speak to the younger people in our audience who have an opportunity to make choices now that will affect them. 40 50 60 years from now. And and like why is it important then to like a know this and then b to to take care of our, our body and really be able to you yeah. know, express these genes in a way that is positive and and helpful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's transition over yeah. to let's say my cardiovascular report because this yeah, illustrates yeah. perfectly the what you're trying to get to. So I, I literally, I remember opening up my report and it gives you a synopsis on the page and it was suboptimal, suboptimal, high risk, yeah. high risk, high risk, suboptimal, suboptimal. And I, it, it basically told me not only do I have like basically an 80% risk of dying from a cardiovascular event, being either a heart attack or a stroke. But I also have an 80% chance of developing dementia and Alzheimer's in general. Mm. I have the rare combination of every bad gene possible when it comes to cardiovascular health. I have them all. Oh my gosh. Okay. So most people, you're special, are, Jennifer, you're special.
2: I am. I'm just really special in that
1: way. Okay. So most people, they would get that news, right? And they would be like, oh my God, my, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to die, you know. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fortunately, because I do what I do for a living, I know that's not the case, right? I know that. And well, here's the one thing I learned from the report that I didn't know. And that, well, there were several things I didn't know, but the one thing that I didn't realize was that because of my cardiovascular profile, mm-hmm. literally high cardio exercise, like intense cardio, worst thing in the world for me. Worst thing in the world I could be doing. Meanwhile, like, I'm a runner. You
2: know? yeah, yeah.
1: I, I run. I used to do triathlons. I would yeah. get my heart rate up, you know, 170 beats per minute. Uh, yay, you know, yes. <laughs> and like, literally David, the worst, worst thing I can be doing because mm. my body cannot handle that. And I'm, I literally am causing inflammation in every system in my body.
0: Wow. You I know, that. gosh. And you, I don't remember if you know that, I think from our initial conversation, I would triathlons as well. So I'm like, this is like, so top, this hits a, a nerve for me because I know that the, my training partner, he was always like, Redlining, and and I to k- keep up with him, I'd have to do the same thing. And I I already recognize that my body is I'm not a sprinter, I'm not super fast, I'm not super slow. I'm kind of right there in the middle, but I can go for days. You know, I, I can do things for a long period of time, and that's what I think got me into triathlon. But I think that knowing this as an athlete, or even as somebody who wants to take care of our body. We need to know what's best for us. So maybe a high intensity training, you know, training um, session. If we have this gene expression, then this is not appropriate for us, or we shouldn't go there, right?
1: Yes. So think about what has happened, David. And this is this is the important part for your younger audience to take away. Is for you know, let's say thirty some years now. I have been doing horrible things to my body unknowingly. And mm-hmm. so here's the other piece that I learned. I literally so remember earlier how we talked about copy number variation and it was a big surprise to researchers that you could have more than one copy of a gene. Yeah. So there's three main genes that are responsible for getting getting rid of all the toxins in your mm-hmm. body, okay? Yeah. Forget which combination I have. I literally am missing Two of the three genes. I don't even have them. Don't even have them. So I'm doing all this cardio. I'm building up all this inflammation and toxicity in my body, and I can't get rid of it. Mm. And so I'm just doing damage to my organs, right? And it manifests in very different ways. For me, how it manifested, because when you when you have this massive buildup of toxins in your body, your body is caught. Is looking for a way out. Okay, so what my liver cannot help me because I'm missing the I'm I'm missing two of the main genes that basically help um, my cells to latch on to the toxic substances, take it to my liver, and detoxify it. I can't do that. So, so it has to come out either through my sweat. It has to come out through my urination, has to come out through my bowel movements, mm-hmm. um, has to come out orally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in women, we have a, another special way of getting rid of toxins, which is through our mon- monthly cycle, right? Yeah, sure. So this is important for women to understand too, who have cycle issues. you know, If you are bleeding for an abnormally long period of time, your body is literally trying to get rid of something.
0: Get rid of that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so Mm. I had cycle issues and I also had massive abdominal issues ever since I was a kid. And now I know why, because I literally am trying to get rid of toxins and I don't even Mm. have the hardware in my gut to do it.
0: And, And that's something, well, that's just, I mean, I think that then that, helps you to understand by knowing this and and having this information, then it gives you the ability to make choices, right? That will help you to get rid of the inflammation in a different way than you had then, right?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So then isn't it curious though, that, so I, I actually also had recently had an EEG of my brain, um, because I was at a conference and I got, I got to try out all these like really cool. And so we already know from my genomic analysis, right. That my brain is hardwired to work really, really well. But the question is, does it? And so mm-hmm. I, I got an EEG and I was able to see that yes. My brain, my ability to process, you know, my physical reaction time, uh, almost off the charts. My ability to, you know, basically, you know, get things from one side of the brain to the other off the charts. Okay. So my neuroplasticity. Awesome. (sighs) And I'm thinking to myself, well, why is it, David, that my brain works really, really well, but yet I'm having all these toxicity issues, you know, in the rest of my body. And the, and the reason is, is because your brain gets rid of toxins in an entirely different way.
2: Hmm,
1: okay. And does it through sleep. And this is uh, why yeah. sleep is so important. And yet it's one of those things that leaders ignore over and over and over again. One of the key areas of interest is also the brain and, you know, neuroplasticity. And so I could talk about this subject for days. But the one key takeaway that I would like you, your audience to understand is, There's a process in the brain that happens during deep sleep. Most people are familiar with the fact that you have different sleep cycles. And one of the first things that your brain does right when you fall asleep is you go into a deep sleep mode. And while you're in this deep sleep mode, your brain, your cells in your brain actually shrink a little bit. Hmm. And this allows the interstitial fluid, and interstitial means the space in between the cells, to Hmm. fill up with. Cerebrospinal fluid that then bathes the brain, so that it can get rid of all of those toxins and cellular waste products that accumulate during the day while you're doing all those calculations, and you know your brain's going 100 miles an hour during the day. Well, when that happens. You have a natural cellular waste products that build up in the brain. So while you're in this deep sleep mode and it's called the glymphatic system, hmm. you know, so most people are familiar with the lymphatic system and other areas of your, of your body, but in the brain, it's called the glymphatic system.
0: Glymph so with while, a G? With Glymph. a G,
1: with uh, a yeah. G, yes. G. okay,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> G, Glee, you know. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> hey. well, this is, this is fascinating because it's almost like this is the growth space for Your brain. I mean, as I'm thinking about my podcast called "In the Growth Space," that sleep is one of those places that if we want to grow, we have to be able to get rid of these toxins. And in order to do that, we have to sleep. And so, this whole idea of you know, hundred miles an hour, Mach four, with your your eyes on fire, and 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 just going till your eyeballs bleed is stupid because we're hurting ourselves, right?
1: It is. It is. And so. This is
0: so fascinating, Jennifer. I can't even (laughs) tell you how fascinating this is. And for our listeners, I'm sure you're you're recognizing this because I'm just sitting back taking it all in. This is amazing. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) And so, so that process is absolutely critical to continuing to operate on a really high level during the day. And then, you know, we also towards the end of the night transition more into REM sleep we get longer periods of REM the closer that we get to waking up. And what the REM sleep does is it allows us to consolidate our memories from the day. And we take it from short-term into long-term memories. And that happens during REM sleep. It's, it's called memory consolidation. Hmm. So that portion is also critical. So for your younger people who are listening, Um, If you are taking courses, perhaps you're still in school, or if you are prepping for a huge presentation at work, pulling an all-nighter is literally the worst thing that you can do because two things don't happen. First of all, You don't get rid of all those toxins from your brain. And the second thing that happens is you literally do not put what you learned that day into your long-term memory formation. And that's just going to hurt you in the long run. Plus, I think the studies show that if you get at least six hours of sleep, it's almost equivalent to an extra six hours of studying.
0: Oh wow! Interesting. Because
1: that's because you re- you're retaining what you actually studied. So.
0: Wow! This is this is so fascinating, and I think so applicable for for leaders. And I think that one of the things I'm taking away from this conversation really is well, two things. Number one, self awareness in all areas. So self awareness of our own, you know, personalities, the things that we normally talk about, but yet, but also self-awareness in our own bodies and and understanding how our bodies are made up will help us to understand how we behave. And, and maybe if we need to change some behavior so that we don't pull the trigger, so to speak on our, on our own, you know, genes and the way we're wired. But I think also for, for leaders, just this time of year, thinking about how the next year is going to be, and, and projecting out and looking at how can we do things differently. I know that you know all the, This episode is going to come out at a time when we're going to begin to be thinking about our. I hate to call them New Year's resolutions, but a lot of people talk about New Year's resolutions, but I talk about goals. So as we think about goals, as we think about how we want life to be, and what what do we need to do? What turning points do we need to have in our own health and our own understanding and awareness of our bodies to be able to make our life the best that it possibly can be. And I think that what you're sharing here, Jennifer, is just a, a great tool to be able to do that. And I, I I know you mentioned earlier that code to be able to get a, a discount for this particular test or an analysis. And so I, I want to make sure that we put that in the show notes. So if you're listening, you're jogging, you're driving, whatever, just check out the show notes and we'll have a link to that there because i think that this is really really important for leaders to understand. So just as we as we wrap up i want to be respectful of your time. What are one or two things that as leaders are so sort of thinking about everything that you've shared today, brain health and understanding our own genes. What do we need to do? Like what are two things that we should do in order to make sure that we're optimizing in our own health and and really being everything that we can be.
1: Yeah, so i you know, as i mentioned earlier, toxicity is Cellular toxicity is a huge problem, right? Because if you are not taking care of yourself, you're going to be inflammatory. And, you know, even if you're really great at removing toxins from your body, the problem is, David, is that we're living in a ubiquitous toxic society. Like we, even, even the most health-conscious people can't get away from it because now we're learning the effects of EMF mm-hmm. and how EMF causes toxicity within our cells. Um, I have, um, you know, I have several episodes coming up on EMF, as well as I have some more episodes. If you're interested in in learning more about, you know, my analysis, but the toxicity issue is a big, big thing, David, and that is what accumulates over our lifetime. So, if people are wondering, for example, why does one person get COVID and -hmm. and breeze through it, and another person have a really, really horrible time? They end up with, you know, long COVID, if you will. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, it's because of the level. Of toxicity that they were already at. And it also explains why kids are generally not susceptible to COVID because they don't have that lifetime of toxicity buildup within the body, within the cells yet. And so understanding that the key to not only a healthy brain, but a healthy body is constantly being aware of what you're putting in your body and how to help the toxic elements get out. The other thing that people have to realize is that anything that your body can't use for fuel or as a building block, you know, to build cellular structures or as an adjuvant for the biochemical reactions that happen in your body, and I'm talking vitamins, you know, obviously your body considers that a toxin okay. and it's and it's going to try to get rid of it. So, um, so really my recommendation, yeah, yeah. My recommendation is to always be detoxing. And, and there's a couple of easy ways to to do that. And I am going to suggest, you know, supplements. So there's one called NAC, which is N-acetylcysteine. That is a precursor to, you know, glutathione. And glutathioneization is the main way that most people, unfortunately, not myself, the way <laughs> most people deal with toxins. And that process happens in the liver. So if Anything that you can do to support the liver, you know, that is a great way to help consistently offload those toxins. For example, let's say somebody ODs on Tylenol. What happens is in an emergency room is they immediately get put on a drip, on an IV of NAC or NAC or Mm. everybody calls it something a little different, but N-acetylcysteine. So you understand like, this is like a tried and true, we know that this helps to helps ramp up the liver to be able to remove toxins from the body. The other thing that you can do is drink a lot of water because urination also helps to remove toxins from the body. And then um, I always suggest vitamin C because vitamin C helps to to support so many biochemical reactions that are necessary for toxicity removal. Mm -hmm. It helps support the glutathionization process pathway in the body as well. So those are just two easy things that you can do, but really just being aware, you know, like, you know, if you're somebody in your audience is like, you know, my, I've always noticed that my body responds really like funky to let's say alcohol. Like, I just don't have the same reaction that some people do. Like, I can't keep up with people. You likely have a toxicity clearance issue. That was a huge red flag for me. Like I've always known that, you know, alcohol and me just, it does something different to me than it does mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah. And now I know why, right? Sure. Yeah. I can't get rid of it.
0: This is really fascinating. And I hope those of you who are listening really dig into this, because I think that knowing our own health, knowing our bodies and, and taking care of the thing that really helps us travel through life is really important. And I know that for me, this has been an area of, I I wouldn't call it a hobby, but it is something that I I pay attention to. And I've, you know, ever since I was probably in my early thirties, I've really looked at exercise and and taking care of my, my body. What I put into my body is I'm paying attention to that because I know that I want to stay as healthy as I possibly can, because this is the only body that God gave me. And I'm Sure, you know, wanting to keep it for the long haul. So I just want to encourage those listeners who are listening to this conversation and wondering like where I can grow in my body health. This is an area I would just encourage you tune into Jennifer's podcast and listen to some of the things that she's talking about and go to the show notes and take a listen, you know, grab the, the the link to this analysis. And so, Jennifer, tell, tell the listeners uh, the name of your podcast and we'll put it in the show notes as well. But what's the name of your podcast so they can go listen? Yeah,
1: to it? absolutely. So, you can find me a couple of different places. My podcast is called Autobiology. That's A U T O biology, autobiology, because it literally means learning your own biology. And that's what I'm all about. Yeah, cool. So Autobiology, the podcast with Jennifer Littlefleck and my website is autobiology.net. You can also listen to the podcast there. And also if you want to, if you're a more visual person, a lot of times, you know, I'll put uh, extra things, you know, on the website posts. So, you know, photos or anything that extra that I can share. If you are really curious about you know, the genomic analysis and understanding all the crazy stuff your body does, Um, sign up for my newsletter because I I put a lot more, you know, explanation, you know, into those things. So you can sign up at autobiology.net forward slash newsletter. And then I'm on, on Instagram at autobiology with Jennifer. And there you'll see a whole lot of stuff, um, oh, <laughs> you cool. know, from t- tips to my crazy biology reels to me, you know, explaining biology concepts w- with my horse. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, it's um, awesome.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I just cool. think biology should be interesting and fun, but also have, you know, practical application. And that a lot of that stuff is in my newsletter. So.
2: Fantastic. So that's
0: where well, you find me. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate this. This is a fascinating subject. And I know we could have gone a lot longer. Um, but I just want to give people a, a, you know, a taste and, and have them come and, and listen to you. And and uh man, I also want to encourage them to be thinking about these things. This is a, a place where we can all grow and we can all um improve. And so so thank you. Thank you for being on today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, David, for having me. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much.
0: Well, that was such an amazing conversation. And, you know, our, our health is really something that we can learn to understand. And I think that that's something that a lot of people um, shy away from. And I, I just want to encourage you to learn about your health, learn about your body. And, and I think that the other thing that I took away from this particular conversation is that Really, our intentionality with, with health and with our body is really important, and it makes a big difference, especially if we're genetically predisposed to certain health issues. And the other thing I took away really is our lifestyle and our environment really does impact our body, and and, and so do our genetics. And there were some really great insights that our genetics can provide for us to our own awareness of how we even work in our professional lives. I thought that was a fascinating part of the conversation as well. And and also some some great ways that our genes can help us to lead ourselves and and also know our team better. Um, The the genetic testing that Jennifer talked about is going to be in our show notes. So go to your app and the link will be there in the show notes. And if you don't know how to navigate those show notes or, or find those, just send an email to admin at davidmiglennan.com and we'll get it to you. Um, I just want to make sure that I get that into your hands. You know, I'm actually planning to get this assessment done on myself as well because I I honestly am just so fascinated by it. Now, I, I know that one of the other takeaways that I had was essentially that really when I know my body better, I can do better at keeping it healthy and I can do the things that will keep it healthy. I think the the final thing that I'll just share is my takeaway is that sleep is so important. And it's the element that helps us to clear those toxins out of our brains. And I, I loved the, the the thought that came to me that our sleep really is our own growth space for our brains. And so um getting enough sleep is so important to our 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 health and our growth of our of our health um and in in keeping our body healthy. Um, so so just you know, be aware of your your body and and that self-awareness of our body. Is really important. So I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Our time went so fast uh, as I was listening to to Jennifer. I hope that you'll connect with her on her podcast called Autobiology, and we'll also have that in the show notes as well. So thanks so much for tuning in to this conversation. I do hope that you'll subscribe, rate us, and give us a review. And until next time, Remain in that growth space and be well.